This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. So are you all good this morning? Well, wonderful. How many uh, were touched, some way, shape, form, um, healed, or just got one good takeaway from the healing conference this weekend? How many of you received a healing? Would you stand for me? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've received some wonderful testimonies. I mean, just absolutely wonderful testimonies. I want to encourage you. Um, well, let me just stop for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, you just have your way here today. I thank you. You are disposed to show favor, Lord. Your tender mercies are over all of us, and you desire that we're healed, whole, free, prosperous, understanding what the will of God is for our lives, for each and every person. So we receive that today, Father. Take off every, break every yoke of bondage, Lord. And Father, we just purpose in our heart to freely receive from you, and we thank you for it. Glory to you, Lord. We want to see your glory this morning, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you, if you get one good takeaway, I have a friend who told me this long ago, one good takeaway. I fussed, I went to a seminar, and uh, I was not happy, because everything they said could have been condensed in a very short period of time. And so I was bemoaning the fact that I had to take a whole week off of work and go to this seminar. And he looked at me, he said, did you get one good takeaway? And I said, well, let me think. And I looked at him, and oh, yeah, I got like five, six, seven. He said, if you get one good takeaway, then it was worth it all. And so instead of looking at something I didn't think that I had, I have purposed, made a quality decision. You're going to hear me talk about that. I have purposed that if I get one good takeaway, the one good takeaway is what I'm going to focus on. And you'll be surprised, you know, when, uh, when Noah was in the ark, do you remember all the wonderful things that happened during that time? And finally, after all of those days, he was able to send out a dove, right? And, you know, it came back nothing. But eventually, when it was sent out again, what did it get? A little olive leaf, a little tiny olive leaf. And that's every time you get a healing, every time you get a deliverance, any time you get anything from God, celebrate that little olive leaf. Because that celebration, that one good takeaway, that celebration propels you into celebrating and thanking God for more and more and more. And you get more and more and more. You know, God loves a grateful heart. And a lot of times, you know, remember uh, when they were in the wilderness and they came and they began to murmur. And what were they told? You're not, you're not murmuring against me. You're murmuring against God and God hears you. Now, that will stop you in your tracks, won't it? God hears you when you murmur. In Malachi 3.6, it says your words are stacked against them so we can't do something. So what do we do with all of that? So let's step back for a second. The healing conference. Did any of you work the healing conference? How many work the healing conference? Will you stand? Stand up. I want to tell you they did a fabulous, 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 fabulous job. If you worked yesterday for the women's thing, will you stand as well? Stand up because we're going to 
We're going to, uh, anybody work the women's thing yesterday, make it possible. You missed a good thing. If you were not able to come, I encourage you to come. Women's conference. Look at, it was so wonderful. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. We don't always tell you how much we appreciate you. From the sound people to the, be, you know, behind the scenes that people that straighten up and make sure everything's neat and clean. From the ones that plan to the ultimate detail. Um, every single thing, it is sown. You sow that seed, reap the harvest. Reap the harvest. Don't be weary in well-doing and reap your harvest because God will show you some things because of the goodness of your heart and your willingness to go sow those seeds. And we that receive the benefit of all your hard work are very grateful. So I'm speaking to everybody that attended everything. Thank you for everything you did. And I saw smiles on people's faces and greeting people and crossing lines. We did a fast friend yesterday where we sat in front of somebody for two minutes and learned something about them. That's an awesome thing. You know, you, you get to know people you never knew before. You get to know something uh, uh, incredibly wonderful about them that you didn't know, and you think, oh, wow. There's levels and layers, and there's blessings, and there's anointings inside every single person. Have you ever thought that you're not anointed? Anybody ever thought that? I can raise both my hands and both my feet, you know. Everybody thinks that, but there's a truth that God says that he gave you giftings. I saw this marquee that says everybody gets gifts, not everybody opens the package. So today I want you to open the package. Are you ready to get into it? So um, Facebook Live Thank you. I'm so grateful for that because I am where you are many times and it's just a wonderful that you can be a part of this and whatever anointing is flowing in here is flowing in there. So I encourage you, receive whatever you need today because it belongs to you and all you have to do is believe God. It's very simple. So I want to start because I'm going to probably ruffle a couple things today. So I want to just start with um, something I found online a while ago that I really um, like. And so can we put the ruffle up? So when people discourage you, or they're trying to get your joy, or trying to just fluff out your tutu and dance away, so I'm going to, I say this and I said, here's to fluffing out your tutu daily, not being offended and refuse to be moved by what anybody else thinks. So if I get on your toes today, just say fluff, fluff, and we'll put up the tutu and everybody can fluff out their tutu. Okay. We all good with that? You want a joke to start? It's an old one. Are you ready? It's a very old one. I can either tell you about the, um, the, the blonde and the brunette who were sisters, or I can tell you about the farmer. But now the one is a dumb blonde joke, so some of you may not like that. Which one you want? They want the blonde. They want out. Okay. So this is long ago and far away, before cell phones. And there's this brunette and the blonde, and they are sisters. So they know one another very, very well. And they decided they're going to go into business together. So... The first thought is they're planning, they're doing everything they need to do, and they decide, well, in order to make their business successful, they need a bull. So the brunette says, well, I'm going to go tomorrow, and I'm going to go check out this bull that they have at this auction, and we'll see what we can do. And if everything goes well, I want you to go ahead and hook up the trailer 
and come and bring it so we can haul the bull home. So the blonde says, okay, fine. And so they, the brunette goes, and she has to buy the bowl. She only has $600, and the bowl is $5.99, which leaves her one whole dollar. That's all she had. Remember, no cell phones. So she's got to wire a message to her sister to bring the trailer so they can haul the bull home. So... She gets to the office and she sits down and talks to the person. She finds out that every word is a dollar. Every word's a dollar. So she's looking, she says, well, I have one dollar and a bowl. And I got to get it home, what am I going to do? So she thinks about it and this person's in front of her talking. And, and so finally she said, okay, I know what to do. Send, um, send the word comfortable. And the guy said, I'm going to do it. But I don't, what, 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 why? I mean, I, how is she going to know to get that trailer and get over here? He, she said, it's very simple. My sister reads extremely slowly. Comfortable. <laughs> Old but cute. All right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the topic today is standing. This applies to anything, anything in your life where you need to stand. We have a society today that many times does not know how to stand. They cannot stand. And at the least little, they blow over. Um, what does it take to stand? How can we stand? in the midst of a storm. And so these are a couple things I'm gonna to explore today. And I wanna show you some pictures to start out. Can we go with picture number one? And I'll explain them as we go, we have a couple. But I wanna get you a real visual of what I'm talking about when I talk about Stan. This is the coastline of Mexico Beach, just prior to Hurricane Michael, which is October of last year. So it's very, very little ago. Let's go to the second one. That's what it looked like. This on the top is the before. This on the bottom is the path the hurricane hit. See the difference? It's kind of hard, but you can see there's a lot of devastation in the lower one, right? Let's go to slide three. The top again, the bottom in a house. Let's go to four. There's that house again in the midst of destruction. And let's go to five. So that house, with all that destruction, there was a path that that hurricane hit. They said it was a four, but what was different about this hurricane when it hit land, it actually hit as a five, which was not widely reported, but it gained strength as it hit land instead of normally um, it goes down a little bit. And I have friends who live about um, 30 minutes from there in their house and their kid's house and all of that was um, uh, damaged severely uh, to the fact of totaling. Let me just put it that way. What does it take to be this house? What does it take to stand? Look at that. I, I, I read an article this man did after I saw that. I just want to get you a picture because that's who we are in Christ. That is who we are, and that is what we are supposed to look like. Storms come on the good, they come on the bad. 
They come on the just and the unjust. You can take it to the bank. There's a storm coming your way. It's either you've just gotten through it, you're getting ready to, or it's just past you and maybe you're a lull. But somewhere in your lifetime, there's going to be storms that you have to stand. Do you have what it takes to be this? I really want to implant this because when we talk about standing, there's so many things that I can tell you about this house that stood and how we can be that house that stands. Are you ready? Let's go over to um, Ephesians 6, 613. Let's look at something. Anybody remember um, the coyote cartoons and things of that nature? And you know how they stopped real quick? Whoop! You know how they did all that? Any, can, can anybody make those sounds? Anybody make those sounds? Ron, can you make those sounds? Oh, my goodness. Come on. She says you can. All right. Well, then you're going to have to listen to me. All right. So just, I want to just read in uh, Ephesians 6.10. Let me, get, let me get it from this Bible. Glory to God. I like all the different versions because sometimes one will say something something else doesn't say, but it speaks exactly to your situation. So where I want to go, if I can get it in here. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6 and 10. Listen to this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of, devil, of the devil. So he said, finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Finally, be strong. Also says in Ephesians, having done all to stand, stand. So when we get to having done all, whoop, stop. What is the all? What is the finally? We take a scripture or two and we say, oh, praise the Lord, I'm healed. But there's nothing underneath our foundation that has been secured to the rock of our foundation. And so when the storms of life come, when a symptoms hit your body, when something is talking to you, when you fall and you twist your ankle and it's screaming louder than what you have hooked up into in the spirit of God to stand against everything the enemy is bringing towards you, then what happens? The wind comes, the rain comes, and the house does not stand, right? So finally, having done all to stand, let's look at um, Exodus uh, 14, real quick. I'm just going to read this and we're going to go over to Luke. In Exodus 14, I want to start in, um, let's see, start in verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. And you shall see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And he said, the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore Christ unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. See, there's a part that God plays 
and there's a part that we play. And a lot of times, especially where healing's concerned, I hear a lot of people say, well, if it is God's will, he'll heal me. And then they say this, well, it's all in God's timing. Are you ready to fluff a little bit? When is God's timing? When is faith? It doesn't say faith is tomorrow. Doesn't faith, faith is the next day. It is not when God decides faith is. Faith is now. When is this his, his will for you to receive your healing? Now. When do you actually receive your healing? Well, it was done actually before the foundation. Good, Michael. It was done before the foundation of the world. The price was, was physically paid at the cross over 2,000 years ago. But when do you receive your healing? Think about it. When did you ask for it? When did you receive it? I always say this way. I tell people to pray. Pray. Figure out what you want. Get the scriptures that tell you it belongs to you. And then when you pray, it says, when you pray, believe you receive. It does not say when you pray. Sometime in the future, when your senses tell you that you've received your healing is when it finally belongs to you. It says, when you pray, believe you receive. So I always say it this way, at the amen, believe that you receive it. Well, nothing's changed. Well, really? So, well, my body still hurts. Okay. I'm going to put your body up against what the Word of God says. Which one's truth? The word is always truth. So we have to make a quality decision. A quality decision is a decision from which there is no more argument. What does that mean? And when you see it in the word, you purpose that what's ever in the word is what is truth, because it is, but it's truth for you. Now let's look at it this way. Does God desire everybody to be saved? How do you, how do you know? Because his word says, right? That's truth. God desires it. Will everybody be saved? Why not? They don't choose to be, right? They think there's something about that that they don't want. So, is it God's desire for everybody to be healed every time? Yes. Let me help you with that. Yes, 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 because all the promises of God are yes and amen. If you look at Jesus and what he did, he said he perfectly pleased the Father. The Father said, this is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. And Jesus went about doing good, teaching, preaching, and healing. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So he tells you in that little scripture that oppression is of the devil. Sickness and disease is of the devil. And if that doesn't help you, look, go, go, go way back to the beginning of the book. In the beginning was God, right? So we go all through the thing. Look in the Garden of Eden. When did it say God created sickness and disease? It's not in there, is it? It came after the fall. Just as a side note, what did, uh, what did God talk about with Adam in the cool of the day? Who knows? Anybody? I don't know either, but I'm asking. I want to know. <laughs> I've been asking him, Lord, I want to walk with you in the cool of the day. What did you guys talk about? What, what, what was the conversation about? Wouldn't you like to know? 
Those are the things I think we're going to really find out in heaven, but we're going to be continually learning in heaven. He wants us to know something on this earth about what he said and how to participate in it. You can say you're standing all day long, but if you are not on solid ground, you're going to fall. I was going to bring a punching bag, you know, one of those, those little kitty ones that just like you could go like this and it went all over and eventually it goes off because there's nothing to it. They're very, they're very flimsy. And then I was going to have somebody represent a big... Uh, you know, when they go to the boxing gyms and stuff like that, and they represent a big, uh, what are those things called? They're long and narrow. Punching bags, thank you, the big punching bags. And even though somebody would hit one of those punching bags, they kind of still moved, didn't they? They still have some movement to it. You know, with God, we flex. We do some things. But Shauna said something yesterday so wonderful. God's plan is this. And then she was talking about plan B, C, D, all the way to Z. And I thought, here's what came to me. I said, I have plan B. I have plan C. I have all of those plans going on. What is the matter with me? I'm a planner. Those of you who don't know, I was administrator for a lot of years. I, um, I, was, uh, I reported directly to the vice president of operations to one of the largest um, healthcare facilities, uh, hospitals in the region. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of stuff, so I had to do a lot of planning. I have to do a what-if plan. But with God and his word, there's not a plan B. Because if there is a plan B, you're not in faith. Now, I'm not saying that God does not tell you to move the circumstances. You have to be quick to hear and quick to obey. Everybody going down the street and the Spirit of the Lord says, turn right. I'm thinking, my house is left. What's going on? I got to go this way. Turn right. You turn. I have learned to obey that because I cannot tell you how many times I have found out later there was an accident. One time there was uh, a gunshots being fired in the particular area. And so when God says, turn a different way, I don't care if it's the farthest way home. If he's telling me to turn, I'm going to turn for a reason. Sometimes he tells me to turn and I'm going to end up stopping somewhere. And God has somebody right there to minister. You know, glory to God. That's all part of that stand we're taking. Let's go to Ephesians. No, pardon me. Let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. Let's look at what he says in Luke, in Luke uh, the sixth chapter, and I guess 46 verses where I am. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Whoever comes, I'm reading the MEV, by the way. So if you just read along with me, it's not MEV, but this is what I'd like to do today. Uh, Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you who he's like. He is like a man who built a house, dug deep, laid the foundation on rock. That's important, isn't it? Now, if I told you I was building a house today, and you said, oh, well, great, praise the Lord, that's wonderful. But you know, I'm going to start with the third floor. It's like your head would go like, okay. I thought she knew what she was doing. I thought there was some brain cells engaged, you know, but you, you're going to start with the third floor? What, what, how, how, how? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I'm going to start with the third floor. I'm, I'm going to do the third floor. Well, well what are you going to do? Here's what people do in the spiritual realm, and they think, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing what God says to do. 
They will take a scripture and they'll have the Christianese. Anybody know what the Christianese is? You know, oh, praise the Lord. I'm just healed. Yeah, honey, I'm just, I'm believing God in his timing. I, I, that healing is going to hit my body. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord. And, you know, then they don't want to tell you they're going to the doctor. Why? You, the doctor's not your healer. But he is your faith project. You go in faith. You believe God for the results. Where you don't have expertise, go get the expertise you need. We need you here. You're part of the body of Christ. By the way, as a side note, when is the last time your heel touched your ear? Anybody had that happen recently? I mean, we can find all different things about the body of Christ, how the heel does something we don't like. But we're the ear, and we think everybody should hear the way the ear hears. And the heel has a whole nother, you know, think about the big toe. What if we took your big toe off? How many of you could stand up straight? The big toe has a function. The heel has a function. The ear has a function. If you refuse to be that part of the body of Christ, how can we function as the body of Christ? So next time you need to fluff, remember the fluff. When somebody irritates you, just fluff out your tutu. Remind yourself that the heel and the ear do not have to come in contact, but they have to be in cooperation with one another. Got it? That's, that's free. That's free. You can have that free. Okay. So... He's talking about when you build a foundation on the rock. So when the floods arise, the stream beats vehemently against the house, but it could not shake it. That house I showed you a picture of, they designed by nature steps along the side that would be breakaway. And so when the winds, so it didn't take any of the other structure with it. What does that tell you? You're designed to be flexible. You are designed to meet needs. You are designed to stand in the storm if you will do what God says to do. Now, that man took a long time to build, and there's estimates about what he said it would cost to build that house. Some of them are guessing twice as much. Some of them are guessing more than that. Some of them are saying, oh, the average person couldn't do any of that. But I read up on this man, and he said it was 20 to 30% more only to build for 250-mile-hour winds. But do you know he had a plan? He had to put more of an investment in. He spent more time. That means he did not enjoy that house if they built at the same time as somebody else. Somebody else had their house up and running. All right? We're going to conclude it with a different thought, though. So when the flood arose, the stream, uh, the stream beat vehemently against the house. It could not shake, for it was founded on a rock. But he who hears and does not obey is like a man who built a house on the ground without foundation. <clears throat> against which the stream beat vehemently, immediately it fell, and the, ruin, the ruin of that house was great. Now think about the storm, the last storm you had to come through. Think about how tough it was. You know, there's some times in life that it's so tough you don't know if you're going to make it through. You're hanging on with everything that you can do. You can't even talk about it because it's so bad. 
And people today are busy. And the, the need for Christian friendships that grow, that you grow up in the body of Christ. You know, one of the things Pastor Rob said, I, I exude healing. I mean, that's where my bend is. That's what I do. But part of my mandate that God gave me is to grow up the body of Christ. Don't, don't, you, don't you get a little, a little just say enough with milk all the time? Don't you want some meat? Don't you want to feed on a steak every now and then? It's what you're getting today. So you have to overlook some of the little nuances because God has got something for people today. And knowing my knower, and knowing my knower, doesn't necessarily need to be healing, but somebody needs to be set free here today. I mean, really set free. There's some demons that have been dogging you for years. Maybe old habits. It may be a habit that you just can't seem to get away from. And that habit has been your, your stronghold and your anchor. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus can break that, disintegrate every yoke of bondage where what you've known for all your years is suddenly different. But what are you going to do with your different what are you going to do with your different? Are you going to be like the Israelites and go back to Egypt? Or are you going to take an opportunity today and go forward and build a house that is laid on a foundation? This is what it takes to build the house. Everybody has the opportunity to do it. But let's look at Ephesians 6.13. And I'd like to do that... Um, um, Let's look at Ephesians 6. Let's start at 10, please. Now, when you build a house, you have to start with the foundation, as we talked about. So this is what he says in Luke 4, uh, 6 and 46. He said, you have to come to God. You have to hear, you have to listen, and you have to do. We covered all of that. The structure of the building is built on something. And remember what it said in there, that you're either going to build on rock or you're going to build on sand. doesn't really give any other options, does it? So what is the rock? How do you know you're built on rock? Remember, he said in the house, he had to dig down pilings. I mean, pilings. He dug deep down, down, down. Why is the depth of importance? Anybody know? Because it's strength, stability, all right? And when you build and you put it on a rock... That is strength and stability. Who is our rock? Jesus. Jesus. So in order just to even have a house that stands in the worst of the storms, you have to know something about Jesus. You have to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Why would you not want to when he provides everything? God is just good. So we know that Jesus and the Word are one, right? Everybody say yes. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? So when you're building whatever you need, whatever house you need, when you're building it, it has to be based on the Word of God. Always the Word of God. Jesus as our Savior, solid rock. Our foundation, digging down deep, is the Word of God. Faith begins where the will of God, where the will of God is known. If you don't know anything about the will of God, how can you begin to count the cost to build? If you need healing for your body, you should know at least three scriptures 
When I say know them, I'm talking about having intimate knowledge of three scriptures. And the best way to do that is to ask God, Holy Spirit, what, what, what scriptures should I use? And what you use for this time may not be the same ones you use for next time. He sent his word and he healed me and he delivered me from all of my destruction. From all. I'm expecting, how, how many of you deal with a, a, a sickness day to day? That you got to take medicine, do whatever. All right. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand for this, but how many of you that take medicine speak to your medicine? What do you tell your medicine? You will do only good and no harm in the name of Jesus. What do you say to the sickness and disease in your body? Got to leave. All right. How many people pray about the sickness and disease in their body? Don't raise your hand, please. That's not scriptural. Oh, what do you mean? What is, what, how does Shauna say? What? <laughs> That is not scriptural. Mark 11, 23, 24. What does it say? You speak to the mountain. What's the mountain? Any situation. Listen, I'm laying foundation for you. I'm helping you with foundation. You speak to the mountain, commanded to be removed, cast into sea. If you will not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things, T-H-I-N-G-S, things that you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. And then he says, uh, uh, by the way, he said, if you have ought against anybody, you need to forgive. That's a big thing. That's a quality decision. I just choose to forgive. So if you have sickness and disease in your body, God said, as the foundation, we don't pray, dear God, remove the sickness and disease. He said, I have given you power and I've given you authority. You tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. You speak over your medicine, tell it to only do good and not harm. And what do you say to your body? What do you say when you look in the mirror? Whew, you look better every day. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. You have healed me. It's already a past tense thing. This is foundation. This is foundation. Every time you use the scripture, you are digging deeper. When you meditate the scripture, you are digging deeper and building the foundation. And so one day, you're going to have a headache come your way. Your foundation's pretty well set. The headache comes and you think, what is that? I don't think so. In the name of Jesus. This is like hands on the sick. In the name of Jesus. Headache, get off in Jesus' name. I refuse your authority to operate in my life. You will not do it. Now, what if it doesn't go away right away? What do you do? I guess I didn't get it. No. What do you do? Listen, if you got something, this is real simple. I need this back, but can I have one of you for one second come up here? Don't be slow. Come on. All right. Listen, if you ask for something and I give it to you, who has control over the item? So if you have possession, why would you then ask me for anything again? You have possession. Better way to do this was with car keys, but I didn't bring my car keys with me. So there has to be a transfer and a receipt. When you receive, Lord, 
I just thank you for your word. You said that you restore my health and you heal me of my wounds. So I receive what you said. That transfer has happened right here. And I say at the amen, it belongs to me. So I take it, and what happens if the body is not cooperating? Well, you know what? Here's what I do. I just go down in my little bag, and I pull out my sword of the Spirit, and I stick it to the devil until he leaves me. What does that mean? That means I praise. That means I quote the word of God. That means I tell my body, I'll tell you what. I have made a quality decision. There is no more plan B. There is only going forward. Moses told those people from what God said, tell them to go. He said, Didn't, don't sit there. You know, how many times did they want to go back to Egypt when they knew what was comfortable? The life of God and the people of God do not live comfortable lives. If you're in a comfort zone, please get out. Get out. Because if you don't get out, then doing the things of God is becoming harder and harder because you're in the comfort zone and your ears are dull of hearing and you turn and you look at what the past looked like. Now, those of us that have crossed some uh, time boundaries in our life already can look back and see some interesting things back there. Some of which I got to tell you, I wouldn't go back if I could. Others of which I would really like to experience again. But do you know what? I know something about the things of God. I have never seen God say, I want you to camp over there and stay there all the days of your life. He's given us instructions to go forward, but he tells us to remember those things that we've gotten. Remember these things and celebrate the victory. The Red Sea parting. Well, if it parted back then, how many times has it parted for you? We don't think of it that way. But you know, at the end of the journey, the Egyptians that followed those people, God took them all out. There was not one that remained, not one of them. And so they made a song. The horse and the rider fell into the sea. <laughs> you got to love it. Make a song about your journey. Praise God. There's some things inside of you as you're building that foundation. Once that foundation is built, it's easy to recall. And when the storms come and you think that it's so big, you are not going to make it. You can look and say, but God, you brought me out last time. You sustained me. Oh, we sang a song yesterday that was just absolutely wonderful. It says, when, it, when you look and see and it looks like I'm surrounded by the enemy, I'm surrounded by God. Remember what the prophet said, oh, open his eyes and have him look because he who is for us is greater than he that's against us. We, what we see, what we decide upon is a quality decision. I choose the things of God. I'm going to build my house on the rock. I am going to stand through thick and thin. I'm not going to, can we, can we show the little mouse? I like this little guy because he reminds me how I face some days. <laughs> Look at him. He's equipped. He has got what he wants within a couple inches of him. But he's got all the danger that surrounds him, plus death. Now, he's got his little helmet on, and he's ready to go. And I'm at, sometimes I picture me, and I'm thinking, 
All right, which way am I going to attack this? I got my helmet, but I know full well if the trap hits me right here, it's all she wrote, and I'm going to the other side. And so, but I'm getting the cheese. How long is it going to take? I don't know. How long are you willing to stand? If you're willing to stand forever and hear God, it won't take you long to get what you want. Will there be mistakes along the way? Yeah. Thank God for God's grace and mercy. Oh, none of us would be here without it, would we? But that mouse is determined to get that. He's equipped. We equip ourselves with the word of God. And we go forth in the, in the, the odds say, no way. You're not going to make it. There's no chance. But guess what? God says, I've surrounded you. I have you. I've told you where you're going. If you will listen to me, I will get you around the trap and you can have the cheese and you don't even have to spring the trap. Glory to God. Have you ever been through something like that? It's wonderful. And it's called sweatless victories. I alluded to this the other day. I believe that toil, which it did, came with the curse because that's what the Bible said. Toil. Work. God said to Adam, you work. But toil the sweat of your brow producing something is part of the curse. So I don't know about you, but I do know about me. I ask God for sweatless victories. And I'm amazed sometimes at what he does abundantly above all I could think. And somebody will look and say, oh, that's so easy for you. And you just smile real nice. And you know who did what in your life, that it looks easy, that you had no toil because of the things of God. All right, so let's... Let's do this real quick. Let's go to Ephesians 6, and I'm going to wrap it up. Let's read it in this. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. What does that take? What does that take? First of all, it takes knowing Jesus, right? Then second of all, to know him. We spent two minutes uh, meeting new friends yesterday. But beyond those two minutes, I knew very little unless I knew them prior to that, right? So to know something about God is to spend time in his word. The more time you spend, the more solidified you get, the stronger all your resources are. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. What is might? But he know what might is? Oh, you're going to love this. I heard Creflo Dollar say this, and I grabbed it. Might is the God-given ability to do all things possible and impossible. You can swipe the cheese without popping the trap. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Might, the God-given ability to do all things possible and impossible. We need a few of those impossible things happening on a routine basis in our life, don't we? All right. So put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies. I want to tell you something about the stand. The Roman soldiers had this armor, their, their feet, and their shoes, which looked really flimsy to me, but they had cleats on the bottom. They had these big things. I'm not sure how they did what they did, but when they took a stand... They dug in their cleats. They were not going anywhere. They purposed no plan B. This is it. And when you see something that God promises you, if you will plant, 
Do your homework first. Get the word of God inside of you. But you plant where there's no plan B. There's no escape. There's no retreat. There's no more argument. You're getting this. You're putting your faith out. And that's all there is to it. Guess what? It won't be long till you see miraculous results show up in your life. It's a wonderful thing. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies. Oh, don't you love it? Who God calls, he supplies. You don't have to, you know, a lot of Christians think that they have to pay for their own armor. Well, God told me to do this, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do it because I have no money. I have no resources. I don't even have a car. Did God call you to do it? Have you heard from God? <clears throat> then, guess what? Go spend some more time because he'll tell you about the resources. He'll have somebody come along and say, oh, listen, by the way, um, I have a car that I was getting ready to sell, but God told me that you need it. Come pick it up. Are you ready to say, well, praise the Lord, that is what I've been waiting for? Or are you going to say, well, uh, 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 what, 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 well, how come? What do you need? You need your mortgage paid off? You need a house? You need a car? You need a job? God said he supplies all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Are, are you doing a supply? Well, let me ask you this too. Are you robbing God? Oh, or are we rob God? Tithes and offerings. I don't have enough money. You don't have enough money not to. You get God involved in your finances. God is disposed to show favor and he shows up. You ought to do the 90-day challenge on tithe. Try it. Well, don't try it. Just do it. Because what you try, you're, you're ready to give up on. Okay. So let's keep on going. For you put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to successfully stand up against. That means that you don't get up against and then fall at the big wind that comes. You decide you're going to stand. You are standing. You're getting this. You have it at the amen. Your eyes are going to see what you believe God for. You make a quality decision to do that and to trust God because what he says is, fear not, only believe. And what's happening, all your senses are being bombarded. Why you don't qualify? Why you can't get it? You've never seen it before. So why would it show up now? Why would God do that for me? Get into the now. Faith is now. I believe I receive it. And you tell your body, listen, you line up. I'm telling you today, you line up. Cold? Who are you to come in my house? You're a thief and a robber. Get out in the name of Jesus. You think I'm going to pamper you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not doing it. You're going to come and make my life miserable? I'm going to make your life miserable. I mean, you know what? I like to cooperate with my body. It's the only one I have. I need it for all the years I'm here. I want to cooperate it. But I want to buffet it too. And I'll tell you what. If my body says, no, you can't get up at 4 o'clock, then you just watched me. I'm going to get up at 3.59. And if you fight me and go to sleep after you get up and go read, then I'll tell you what, we're going to get up at 358, 345, 2.30. We might not go to bed tonight. Listen, you're in charge. Step up. In order for you to stand, the quality decision has to be there. I want every single one of us to be that house that the storms came through because there's a benefit besides being able to stand. Let's finish up here. Um, the armor of heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully to stand up against 
all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For you know, How many times do we go to the enemy's camp and go grab some of his stuff and agree with them? <laughs> yeah, it's looking pretty bad. I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't know. Let me call so-and-so because they'll understand. We want to have a pity party. We want to tell everybody how bad it is. And you know, if we, if we dare to tell everybody, listen, how are you doing? You'll hear me say, all is well. I'll tell you what, hell is breaking out sometimes at my house. I cannot begin to tell you how miserable sometimes it is. And some people call me and say, how are you doing? I say, all is well. No, really, how are you doing? Well, if they push me, I said, well, I can tell you two things. I can tell you what God says about it, or I can tell you the defeat the enemy wants for me. I'm going to tell you what God says about it, because defeat is momentary. Because if I fall down, though I fall, I shall arise. That ought to be our attitude no matter what. I used to say, I'm going to crawl to the finish line. If that's all I can do, I'm going to crawl. I thought, oh, heck no, I'm not crawling to no finish line. Get up, woman, get up and do what you're supposed to do. So the devil says, you can't go by this line. So okay, that's fine. Then stick your toe across it. The line's moved. Well, you can't go by that line. Well, that's fine. Stick your other toe across it. And pretty soon you're going to be taking steps, and he's going to be telling, yeah, but you can't do that. But I did it way back there. You must be a liar. Ha, ha, ha. I got it. Get creative with yourself. You know you better than you know anybody else. Tell yourself. Be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror. Find something that God says that you are and look and see what your eyes say. Uh, no way. What do you mean? Ha, ha, ha. This is what God says. Whose report do you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. You're working out a work in progress. Saw this yesterday. It says the only person that I feel like I'm better than that then is the old me. I thought, glory to God, and thank God I've made some improvement that I can even say that. I like that. Uh, you made, so you can able to stand for, we wrestle not against, or we wrestle not, we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, I'm speaking King James, sorry, contending only with physical opponents, but against the depotisms, I'm not even sure what that means, but it's not a good thing, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenlies, the supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. You want to stand firmly in your place? Can we see the house again? Number five on the picture scale. That destruction, that wind, all of that, at the end of all that, this man went through some of the minor things. There was a little bit of water, I think, that got into the very bottom floor, but there was a little things to correct. The stairs had been pulled away and stuff, but he said, hopefully FEMA can use this during this time. And I thought, a refuge after the storm. Look at the cost of everything around there and all those people that built their houses. Everybody built something. They wanted it less expensive. They wanted it quicker, and they wanted to occupy. Now, I'm not 
I'm talking in a spiritual sense, okay? I'm just using physical examples. I'm not talking about anybody or anything. It's a devastating thing. It's miserable. Uh, my friends are still going through horrible things, and all the people around them, they don't even have all the garbage picked up. That's how bad it was. And the news media didn't cover a lot of the stuff. Um, but think about all of those people. Where are they living? What are they doing? Where's their livelihood? Where's their money? Where's their food? And think about the house that's standing and the resource it is to somebody else. When you stand in the midst of a storm, when you get your healing, you give God glory. When you're financially free, when you're free of all the things that plagued you, and you're walking to the things of God, and 80% of the world is going the opposite direction of where you're going, and you're standing, and you're getting results, and you've got a joy that comes out of you, and you have a passion for what you do, People are going to come to you because they're going to see what you have and they want what you have. Can you be the one that stands today? It's a simple decision. Build your house on a rock. Do you know Jesus today? You have to start there. If you don't know Jesus, all the building you're doing... It's going to be wood, hay, and stumble. There's nothing. There's nothing. You know, I've heard people say, well, I don't want to, um, I don't want to accept Jesus just right now because then I'll have to quit all my fun. I'm thinking, I'm looking at some of the fun that they're not having, that they think is so great. What is so wonderful about going to the bar every night, getting stupid drunk, getting up the next morning, and you can't remember what went on. I've even had some people that I know say, well, I just go to the bars, and I kind of drink with them so I can witness. Well, what exactly are you saying? Now, listen, there's legitimate ministries that go out and get these people. They just don't know what you know. They haven't had an opportunity. Nobody's ever told them, hey, listen, man, I love you. You're precious to God. You're important. That's an important thing. And so, but we're, if we think we're playing around with the things of God, we're missing some stuff. You know, my desire for you today is to see one aspect where you can regroup and say, I can stand. I can be that light. I can be the one that will be there in the darkness. I'll be the one that will share Jesus you know, they used to call me um, some interesting names, people that knew me when I lived up north. They still call me some interesting names, which is not a problem because I'm the, I'm the interesting one that gets the call at 3 o'clock in the morning because things have gone completely sideways. And they know it doesn't matter what happened, what, what water's been under the bridge, they know that I'll pray for them, that I'll believe God with all my being for whatever it is that they need. Because God loves them. God loves them. It doesn't matter what they did. Fluff it out. Doesn't make any difference. Forgiveness doesn't make them right. It makes you free. Oh, if we could just learn that one thing. Forgiveness makes you free. It doesn't have anything to do with how right they are. You know, if you learn, you didn't, well, I didn't do anything wrong. 
they did all the things wrong. If you learn something about God's grace and mercy, just agree. Just agree. Say, oh, Lord, I just repent. I repent. Forgive me, Lord. I receive forgiveness. Forgive them, too. The mercy, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Jesus loves you this morning. Is there anybody here today that just has not taken the opportunity to meet face-to-face -face with Jesus that would like to today? Anybody today have a hunger to meet with Jesus? He wants to meet with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you alone. Prayer Partners Healing Team, will you get up here for me, please? We're going to just ask anybody that would like to have a change in their life and that would like to take a stand that they could stand through the midst of the storm. And you just want somebody to agree with you today. Would you come up and just have one of the prayer partners or the healing team uh, just stand in agreement with you? Is there something in your life that I told you there's somebody here that needs to be free of something? God just reminded me of it again. Free. Who wants to walk away from here free today? I know everything. Even the things I don't know about that are entanglements. I want gone. Well, Father, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe you. If you would like to come up while we're praying, come up and pray. And we'll agree with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and I praise you and I worship you for today. I thank you for your word. It was like a shotgun splatter, uh, splattering for some reasons, the way it appears to me. But I know that every shell of the word was delivered where it needed to be delivered. And pierced, pierced the darkness, pierced the strongholds that the enemy has, Father, to shed light, to bring your truth, your word, your greatness to the scene. Father, I'm grateful. I'm asking for every yoke of bondage to be destroyed because of the anointing here today, Father. Whosoever will receive that which you need. It doesn't have to be called out. But you just tell God in your own way right now, I need this, Father. And I thank you that I receive it at the amen because you're gracious and you're full of mercy. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the work that you're doing. I thank you that you're raising up the saints that you are raising us up to a higher level to hear you, to walk in the fullness of what you have for us. And I thank you, Father, that we leave different than we came today and we'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.